Melbourne AA Steps Weekend 2006. This is Carolyn talking about Step 5. Hi everyone, I'm Carolyn and I'm an alcoholic. I'm very nervous and um, so I've been saying a prayer that um, I learnt early on and um, I think it was probably my first experience of trust and um, you know let the right words come come out and the wrong words stay in and then I get really flustered if I if I say it around the wrong way. Um, but um, yeah, I've just been um, yeah trying to let go and not let it be about me because it's just like I was first um, just opened up to step five and it was just like ego deflation at depth and here I am sitting there going. You know, they've asked me to step, uh, speak on step five and it's a really great honour and then I'm thinking, yeah, but it's the last meeting of the day and hardly anyone will be there. <laughs> There's all this crap going on and um, and anyway, so um, I really want to try and let go of that ego. So just even saying that has just helped me kind of, kind of um, settle my nerves. Um, yeah, I just, um, oh, I just love AA. I love being sober. Um, it's given me uh, so much. Um, I thought when I came here that my problem was um, drinking. I thought because um, I'd been to university that I was different to everyone and that I would be able to run through the steps, read the book, and you know, just working from an intellectual intellectual point of view, um, tick the boxes and then move right on with my life. Um, that hasn't been my experience, of course, and uh, my ex- my experience is that, um, you know, I sat down and thought with my mind, my mind thought, this is how it's going to be. You know, I'm going to do step one and this will happen and step two and I'm going to do it in this time frame and and all of this and that, and that is not how it went out either. Um, you know, um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is that... Um, yeah, my mind, my mind, um, I've got to really let go of my mind and my mind hasn't got the answers. Um, and it's very much an ex- experiential thing. Um, yeah, I, I came into AA, I was 27, I drank for 14 years and um, I, as I said, I uh, thought I was a bit different to everyone else and I really wanted sobriety more than anything. Um, or I really wanted to not drink more than anything. Um, but I still thought, I didn't really understand what my problem was. And as David said today, you know, today's been a lot about the problem. And um, it's been really helpful to me to understand the problem that I'm in, al- what, what al- alcoholism is. And um, so my first year in, in, in AA was spent, um, well, basically very dishonestly. And uh, I was coming to meetings. I actually came to meetings. I mean, Step 5 is a lot on ego deflation. And I came to meetings and... Um, I just didn't get, I actually just didn't get uh, the, the, the notion of the first drink. I really didn't get it. It was really simple, but I didn't get it. And um, the idea that you don't pick up a drink in any circumstances. And, um, you know, I had, 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 had madness, you know, which I didn't even know. And, you know, I, I remember my, you know, I got 90 days up and it was Christmas Day and I actually you know, went to my meeting uh, home group the next day, took a chip for 90 days and I got up to speak and I said I'm so happy, it's so great to be sober. Yesterday was Christmas Day, it was really hard, I had a drink <laughs> and I'm standing there like this is how I didn't get it, I just didn't get it and um, there was silence in the room and someone down the back yelled out, give back the chip. 
and I gave back the chip and I sat down and the only, the only reason I didn't leave that meeting was my pride, which can work for you in a good way because I didn't want anyone to see I was really upset about it. So I waited till the end of the meeting, at which time my, a girl came up to me and uh, she made me a cup of tea and she rubbed my knee and she said, everything's going to be okay. I'll never forget that and that girl became my sponsor. I didn't choose a sponsor because I was looking for someone perfect and someone that had all the, I could tick all the boxes and everything and she was younger than me. So it was um, a lot of ego deflation at depth uh, for me and um, I actually uh, drank and still came to AIM because of this experience where I'd actually you know, felt humiliated, I'd humiliated myself, I was very fearful and I actually drank on five occasions and I still kept coming to AA so I had this thing going on where I really wanted to get sober but I thought, I thought, this is what I thought, I thought I'll just have a little bit on the side. So I'll go and I'll, and there's a point I'm telling you this that relates to step five, that I will go and I will um, have this one night that no one will know about, not my partner, not anyone, I, and I even went into state. And um, because I, can, I thought it was a physical thing and I knew that if I give myself three or four days I'll be able to handle the binge, the party, the this and um, I had, that's why I say I had no idea what my problem was um, it was alcoholism, not drinking and um, so anyway I did this and, and that the mind, the alcoholic mind once I'd given it permission to have that that, became, that then was still the solution to all my problems. But I didn't know that at the time. Um, I ended up drinking it. But I was getting up and taking chips, you see, and people... And then I'd just share a little bit of honesty. And I had this one thing where I shared that, um, you know, when I got up on the Christmas Day, I said I had one drink and I got up and I'm there I am saying, oh, I actually had more than that. And someone came up to me and said, gosh, thank you for your honesty. And I'm there drinking on the... It was just madness, but I couldn't see it. And... Finally, 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 I was suicidal. I was a rat bag. I was um, so in my head. I see why people, you know, shoot themselves in their head because it was all there. I really thought maybe I needed a lobotomy. Um, and that's when I had my surrender. And, you know, I haven't had a drink since then. But um, I did my fourth... I was in so much pain at that time. I uh, did my fourth step in a week. It sounds like, you know, oh, just a week, but it had been a year of all this stuff happening. So, as I said, it was, it was in a lot of pain. And I didn't really think about it. I didn't really go, oh, have I done step three? And so when I hear people say, oh, they had their high power with, with them doing this step four, doing their step four, that wasn't my experience. I was just so motivated by fear of, and the pain of, and, and, and not wanting to drink again. I was willing to go to any length and so I did my step four and um, of course for me what came up, the biggest thing was that here I'd been telling everyone in AA, particularly this beautiful woman who was my sponsor, I'd been lying to everyone and she suggested to me that not knowing what was in my fourth step and I felt really so fearful of doing step five, I thought how can I sit in front of this woman and just say, you know, I've, I've been lying to you, been drinking. I was so ashamed and um, she suggested we talking during the week and she suggested um, that well, her experience was to start off with probably the worst thing, you know, and that helped me because I just, and I remember I had candles burning and I'd gone and got all this food and 
for lunch, you know, trying to, you know, just this anxiety and uh, she came over and I just blurted it out and sort of, you know, um, and the rest seemed sort of fairly easy, even though, you know, there were things in there I didn't want to share with anyone. She just said, you know, you're an alcoholic. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't anything we spent any sort of time on or anything. It wasn't really like such a relief. And so sharing um, other things in that were, um, were yeah, anyway, were, weren't such a big, big deal or didn't feel such a big deal at the time. And, um, you know, it was such a relief to... And, and, and she... Here's this girl who, you know, had been sober quite some time, got sober young, and I thought, you know, I put her on a bit of a pedestal and everything, and she came out with some things that... Oh, I haven't done that one or whatever. And, and you know, it was just that sharing, that honesty and that um, intimacy, and um, we laughed and we cried and... Um, you know, it was just really beautiful and uh, it took hours and she didn't rush me at all and there were things that, you know, were seemed repetitive uh, and were repetitive. It was all very repetitive. It was the same thing, but for some reason there were particular things that I needed to go into and there were others that I didn't. And again, I, you know, I might not have written down. I've, I, thought I, I thought I had it sort of handled that, that there were little things in there that, I've, that tripped me up a bit and... And she just was so patient in listening to me, and I've never, never forgotten that, you know, and so non-judgmental. And I, I was just at the uh, breakout sessions and heard a lot of people, heard of, um, you know, to be careful who you choose um, to be a sponsor and to talk about this stuff with. See, that wasn't my experience. This girl was so kind to me at the start. I wasn't like I chose her, but the trust. Um, I, maybe I was just really blessed because she was an extraordinarily trustworthy person and. And um, anyway, so um, I left probably the biggest thing out in my deliberately uh, in my um, step five. I wasn't going to uh, share that. It was actually one of the reasons why I drank, had been drinking on the side. So it was huge. And I wasn't going to share it because I still wanted that little, I still thought that I could have that little bit on the side. It was like, you know, it just sort of gave me, I just couldn't see how I could let this thing go and um, can't share it from the floor but it was and I just you know so that was all fine and I thought I'd gotten away with it and um, sometimes I think I don't have a higher power working in my life and it's great to you know um, remind be reminded of these incidents and during the week uh, that week you know after I'd done this great big sort of fifth step during that week um, the thing that I had hidden had surfaced and was unavoidable. It was just extraordinary circumstances. And um, I, I had that moment where um, I knew I could see it, where I could turn that way and it was really, it was going back to the same old thing which would lead me to drinking and all this stuff that was associated with this and it, or I could ring my sponsor. And it was like that sort of you know, jumping off point or turning point or something where I had to actually, and it was my choice, I could see very clearly I had a choice at that time and um, fortunately I rang my sponsor and I said, oh, I've left something out of my fifth step and you know, it was so great to have someone on the other end of the phone go, right, you know, just that, ur just knowing that sort of importance and that urgency and, and to um, kind of go, okay, when are we going to meet and just, you know, really do that and uh, that was fantastic. 
And then when I shared that, and I actually had already done the four columns, but when we got, and it was all there, but actually when I got together with her, I, um, I, I, it was sort of a different kind of sharing. It was, uh, there was maybe a little bit more involved to it because it was very an emotional thing and I was frightened of letting this thing go and I was frightened of being judged and I was, it just had a lot of things to it. And we just sat and talked and it was all very gentle. And the funny thing was, you know, after we sort of shared all of this, um, that's when I had the feeling that everything was going to be okay. And it was a warmth. And, you know, I'm not someone to talk about God a lot or, you know, I've really struggled with, with that because I'm very strong-willed and I, I sit down after sharing and go, oh, bug, I forgot to thank my high power, you know, because that's what you meant to do and all that sort of thing. Um, so it's been, you know, quite forced and I've had to really uh, work in that area. But... Um, but the feeling that I had after sharing this particular thing with this huge thing, I thought I was going to become the hole in the donut after this. I thought I was going to be nothing. A lot of my self-esteem was tied up in it. And um, it was extraordinary. I had this feeling that everything's going to be okay and that I didn't need to drink, that I wouldn't need to drink again. And um, it was not long after that that um, I started to feel like I could trust myself. And, um, yeah, it was an extraordinary feeling. And um, I've since done um, a couple of other four steps. And, you know, it's pretty much because I haven't, at those times, I've had a couple of things come up in my life that have required uh, me to go back into certain things. When my father died um, a couple of years ago, it it brought up so much stuff that it wasn't that I left out things in my uh, fourth and fifth step. Like I deliberately had left this thing out. But these were things that were sort of maybe more subtle. Actually, I was still really bloody resentful. Um, the things that came up, my father was a drinker and a uh, gambler. It brought up all these things. So, you know, there was this process again. And um, I had a different sponsor this time and, lo and, and she just moved here from a different city and I was nervous because um, a lot of the character defects that I identified, because I knew how to do the process then, the first time I didn't really know the fourth, fourth com column very well, and in actual fact uh, part of the fifth step was actually going through and identifying character defects. I actually didn't know. I didn't know my feelings when I came in. I didn't know that um, I didn't even know what self-centred meant and all these things. I've had to learn a lot of those things, often painfully. Um, but a lot of the defects that I, um, you know, um, identified in this, <laughs> why I was so resentful at my father, were exactly the things that I've done in my life as an alcoholic. It was just extraordinary. Here I am, so angry at him and just... and. It, yeah, and it was, I didn't want to look at that stuff. I found that very confronting. Um, and in actual fact, it's a, it's a process that I needed to do because, you know, how can I um, expect all that from him as an alcoholic and, and want forgiveness for myself and move on with my life if I can't actually look and say, you know, he did the best he could and all of that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that that was actually quite a healing thing that happened. I didn't think it was going to be. I was bloody angry. I won't go into a lot of the details that happened um, as a result of his drinking and gambling and the effects on our family, but um, it became actually a healing thing because um, without, ha without the forgiveness and, and acceptance of my father and his alcoholism, you know, I was really just um, carrying it inside for myself as well. So 
there was a lesson there in forgiveness and that's been extraordinary too and I feel like um, I've been able to be a lot more accepting and a bit more compassionate about myself and the things that I've done and mistakes I've made in my drinking. I want to say that it's a bit different for me. I'm not really that self-centred. And because he gambled on horses and I gambled on the stock market, it's very different. And all this sort of crap that goes on, there's still this thing of being different. But it was all the same. And um, then I did a fifth step more recently on some stuff that I didn't want to share. And there were actually feelings that had come up and ill wishes that I had felt. And I felt such shame about this. And I, again, you know, rang up my sponsor and said, look, there's, there's some stuff that I feel sick about. And anyway, I, you know, I didn't want to share them with her. And so we made a time and um, I was really nervous. And, um, you know... A lot of it was about things that I really, character defects in myself that I really, I really didn't want to own and uh, jealousy, a bit of self-pity and envy. I was like almost walking to the door and thinking, oh my God, what are you going to think of me? And shared all of that. And, and, and again, the amazing um, identification and intimacy when she shared a very similar story, unbeknownst to me, very, very similar. And we just sat there and held hands and we actually cried. Like there was just this, um, not like a crying, like just this release of, we're just the bloody same. And, you know, it seems to be my experience over and over again that this sharing, this unloading, and that you're only as sick as your secrets. See, I just think that I'm, I can go into, I'm just really, 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 really bad and this negative thinking and that and and um yeah when i was sharing all that stuff and just i i looked at her and i thought i really love this woman i think she's just amazing and she's got a lot a lot of stuff that i have and here she is saying that i felt like that too and i thought like that too and let me tell you about this one and and you know we're off and or and um you know and it's sort of um not you know it sort of made it okay but not only that she actually um because my thing is that I've actually stayed in inventories and done inventories and, and uh, not really fully understood, and this I know is going on to the rest of the program, but not really understood the connection with six and seven, that it's actually not my job to sit in all that crap and go, you know, and then give myself a hard time, oh, see, how could you be jealous? Your, my father was quite a jealous man. Oh, I don't want to be like that. And then go into and then wish I wasn't like that. That's... That's not, that's not my solution. It was actually about looking at six and seven. And as we shared this stuff with the sponsor, she said, Carolyn, all you need to do is ask God for this to be removed and just get on with your day. Like it was really that. You know, I don't have to think about how it's going to be removed or beg God or say, oh, you know, just ask for these things to be removed and, and just trust that they will be if they need to be. And, and um it was sort of a gentle approach that I hadn't done previously and uh, it's been really great because there's also been this acceptance that um, that I'm human and that some of these emotions are actually kind of normal human, uh, well, all, all human sort of emotions. But I've, I thought when I came in here that um, I really liked the idea. I thought this was what it was about. Okay, I come in here, I'm going to be, because I'm a perfectionist as well, I'm going to get really, really good and I'm going to get rid of all these really bad things and all that will be left is this great stuff. I'm going to go in the world and I'm going to 
help everybody and I'm going to be, you know, and then I started drinking eight glasses of water a day and eating all this great food and not drinking coffee and, you know, and sort of just, just, just this sort of thing that I thought it was about being good and um, I thought my drinking, and then, you know, I thought my drinking was about being bad. So then it took me a while, it's taken me a while really to... Um, sort of go through that and really see that, that, that doing the steps is not about being a good, it's not about becoming a saint. It's basically so that I can live well in this world in my own skin, be comfortable and to be, uh, what is it, a worker among workers. I was never like that, you know, a friend among friends. I was either wanting to be at the top of the heap, big ego, high ego, low self-esteem, um, or I was worse than everyone else. And... Um, you know, uh, not really uncomfortable um, place to live. And uh, this feeling of step five um, and having had the privilege of listening to step fives as well, um, to be trusted trusted with that and to see... To, uh, the experience of that for me has been... <clears throat> two minutes... Uh, has been absolute joy because, and just this growth because you know if I sit across the road, across the room from someone or table from someone who's sharing all this stuff, a lot of it I've done, felt, thought, you know, and I have you know embraced them with without judgment and just really really listen. Something I've had to learn to do in AA and really feel that for them, you know, th there seems to be this, you know, I, I, I went to do a self-esteem course early on in my sobriety and someone said, you don't really need to do that because it's all in the steps and I didn't really get that. But today I get it because self-esteem comes from esteemable acts and where I've been able to see that, that this person has uh, alcoholism and, you know, and feel that sort of for them and to, to know their pain, it's also doing that for me and... Um, as well, so I've actually been able to um, to just yeah to just and just to feel that sense of belonging and identification um, has been. I, I think that's one of the re main reasons why I drank, because I, I and I never realised that I suffered from that extreme loneliness because I've always been someone that's been surrounded by a lot of people. Pretty much always had a partner. Pretty much, you know, had a very close, now I know very, I mean Al-Anon as well, so very emotionally involved family. But So I never identified with, uh, as an alcoholic of being really like this loneliness until I read in that book that loneliness, that sense of isolation, it can be just in your head where you think that you're different from and, uh, and don't belong. Now I've had that as long as I can remember. So this step five, this... Um, sharing with other, um, and it might not be a step five, sharing with other alcoholics um, takes a, a lot, all of that away for me, that feeling of um, being different and the sense of belonging I, um, you know, I feel com from coming to AA fills me with, um, it just warms me, that's the, my, where I get my spirituality which I've searched for, for, for um, from a lot of other places but the truth for me is that, that, that I find it here and I'll just finish on this, that um, I'm really grateful to my home group steps in St Kilda and David and Chris for putting on these sort of things, but um, I went through a really rough trot and I felt really disconnected from AA and I thought I had other problems and I was starting to move away and I joined this meeting and the enthusiasm and the feeling of belonging that all came back has just 
you know, after whatever, 10 years, 11 years in AA has just, I, I just feel so excited. I feel, um, you know, just fantastic, almost like a newcomer, you know, when you get that sort of thing and you come in and you just, I feel like that again, so I thank you. Information about the annual Melbourne Alcoholics Anonymous Steps Weekend is available from www.stepsweekend.aagroup.org.au Thanks for letting us share.